Well, good morning, Hope Church family. Nice to be with you. Um, I am going to open the word today, but I also need to share with you a significant life decision that Linda and I have made together. We have recently made the decision that uh, it's time for me to retire. And uh, so we're going to be retiring, and I'm going to be ending my ministry here at Hope Church on Sunday, May 23rd. That's obviously a very emotional thing for us, and uh, I wish I could have sat down and told you that news personally, each one of you, but of course, you know that that's not possible. Over the last 44 years, God's given me the privilege of leading worship in his church. Uh, my first position, I've only served three churches in those 44 years. My first church was a part-time position. I, was, uh, I began as the church pianist, but quickly moved into the choir director and uh, worship leader of that church, served there for 16 years. And then I got into the Christian Missionary Alliance when I was 35 years old and uh, served uh, 16 years at our church in Warren uh, Alliance Church uh, until we came here to help establish the work in Brunswick. And we've served here the last 12 years. So God's been just incredibly, incredibly faithful to us. And um, Linda and I just are in agreement on this, that uh, as we've been seeking God, this is the time for us to, to step back and slow down. And I just want to say up front uh, a thanks to my wife, Linda. Um, she has been a rock through those 44 years, a partner. She has dove in with me through everything. She's participated, supported, prayed, served in so many ways. I love you, honey. Can I just call her honey in front of you. I just, I do at home, so I might as well just tell it to you here. I, I just love you very, very much and appreciate it. This obviously has been a difficult decision for us because we love you. Uh, you're our Hope Church family, and we love you very much. We want to thank you. We want to thank you for your love for us, your support of us, your encouragement You've blessed us and encouraged us, supported us, taken care of us through thick and thin, uh, and I just want to say thank you to you. I really sincerely mean that. I wish I could express it better, but just thank you. Um, and as hard as this decision is, though, we both feel that it is uh, a decision that has the Lord's blessing and the Lord's leading. And I want to share just a couple of details about that uh, of our decision. First, I want to let you know that this is not a hasty decision. Uh, Linda and I have been thinking about this, uh, seeking the Lord about it for well over a year. I, in fact, I first kind of shared this with Pastor Sean in uh, November of 2019. And at that time, we had no set date, no, just an awareness that we believed, hey, sometime here in the near future, we better give some thought to what's going to happen next. We're we are kind of sensing an approach of the end of full-time ministry. Then COVID erupted this time last year, you know, and uh, I think Linda and I both were very committed to wanting to walk through that with our Hope Church family. Those have been difficult days. And, but as 2021 came and we, we continued to pray, seek God, and uh, we both sensed that we just have to set a date. Um, and so we prayed, and after seeking the Lord about that, we had made the decision about uh, Sunday, May 23rd. I communicated that to Sean, and he in turn did that, uh, communicated it to our elder board as well. And I also want to publicly thank you, Sean. <laughs> you, uh, 
you are such a blessing to me. He's been, uh, through this whole process, supportive. Uh, I mean, uh, he's coming in, and I'm kind of at the end of this thing. <laughs> you know, I, I wish it could have been longer, but I, uh, I'm very thankful for you. I'm thankful for you, Allie, and for you, you're just your girls, and for your willingness to come and help lead Hope Church into the future. It means a lot to me. And, and just your standing with me, alongside of me during this whole process has meant so much to me. Thank you. Uh, he's been so supportive, and so have our elders, and I want to thank them. Uh, Linda and I consider it a privilege uh, to serve alongside godly leadership, and uh, we're so very thankful for that. Secondly, I want to tell you that our decision to retire is not motivated by any conflict or problems behind the scenes with any staff. There's no junk. There's nothing in the closet. Um, it's not motivated by personal discouragement or frustrations with anything in our lives or related to Hope Church. I love Christ's church. I love Hope Church. I love the people of Hope Church. I love the pastors, the staff. I've enjoyed uh, serving alongside some wonderful uh, worship team members. I want to publicly thank them. Thank you, you guys in the booth and everyone who plays an instrument, sings, participates in any way. I'll tell you, I'm so thankful for what God put together. And uh, it's been a joy. And I want to tell you this, I'm as committed as I ever have been to the historic biblical faith that's been believed in for hundreds of years and which has been handed down and entrusted to us. Our decision has been made after a sincere seeking of the Lord's will, motivated by the simple desire to slow down, uh, have more time with our family and with each other. And there's also a sense for us of completion of the, the work that God called us to when we came to Brunswick. He, he called us here to help establish a church in Brunswick, an alliance church, and there's a sense for us he's done that. We've done our part in that. And uh, I'm excited about what the future holds for Hope Church, and I'm looking forward to it. But I, there's a sense for us, we've, we've completed where we were at in that plan of God. But I know his plan is going to continue uh, for this church, and I'm so thankful for that. I just want you to know that I have found God to be faithful to me in every season of my life. And uh, today I'm really just drawn to praise him and thank him. And I've been dwelling on how good God is. And I want to share that message with you today, just briefly. I want to talk to you briefly about the goodness of God. And there's a couple of verses in the Bible I want to focus on out of the book of James. If you want to turn there, James chapter 1. I'm not going to preach a lengthy sermon. Thank you, by the way, for putting up with my sermons, you know. Not everyone was good, you know, but you were kind, you know. Uh, thank you for uh, loving us through uh, mistakes we've made. You've just been kind to us and good. And, and these verses out of uh, James chapter 1 have been encouragement to me. I want to share them with you today. Uh, verse 17 of James chapter 1 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow, due to change. 
Every good and go, every good gift and every perfect gift. That literally says every good act of giving and every perfect gift is from above. God is the source of everything good I've enjoyed in my life. And the same for you. He's the source of every good and perfect gift. And he gives them out of a heart that's motivated from loving kindness towards us. He's good toward us all the time. He loves us. He's the father of lights, James says. It, it, It talks about God as our creator. He made the heavenly lights. He formed the stars. He created the heavens that show forth all of his glory. In fact, he created each of us. Today, life is a gift from God. Do you know that? Life is a gift from God. You know, the Bible reveals that God is eternal and he's in need of nothing. He's always been. He always will be. To me, that says he did not have to make me. He did not have to create life. Why would he do that? It's out of his goodness. He wants us to enjoy the gift of life. And he's made provision that we might have it abundantly. And we might have it eternally. Not only just life itself, but life in relationship with the living God, the one who created the stars. and the Friends, you and I have been given the gift of life by our creator. We're not a cosmic accident. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. We're stamped with the imago Dei, the image of God intrinsically valued and loved by him, the father of the heavenly lights. Do you know that scientists estimate that there are 10 trillion galaxies in the universe? 10 trillion galaxies. Now, we, our solar system is part of the Milky Way galaxy. I'm taking you back to science class. This is about all I remember from science, for, from 12 years of science class. But our solar system is in the Milky Way galaxy, and it's estimated just within the Milky Way galaxy there are 100 billion stars. Now, let's just say that there's 100 billion stars in each of the 10 trillion galaxies of the universe. That means in the entire universe, there would be 100 octillion stars. That's one with 29 zeros after it. God created all of that. You know, scientists struggle to say, uh, to find life somewhere else because they say in their mind, well, listen, if God created a universe so vast and he only created life on planet Earth, It's a terrible waste of space. But what if God just wanted to show us how great he is, how powerful he is, how good he is, and how valued we are to him that he would create us and make us. Friends, he's not only the father of lights, he is light. First John 1 5 says, God is light and in him there is no darkness whatsoever. He gives his good gifts continually to us because he himself is intrinsically good. And to top it all off, James says he's never going to change. The way he's been in the past, through eternity, the way he is today is the way he will be forever and ever. Almost a hundred years ago, Thomas Chisholm wrote a poem which became the lyrics to the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. In looking uh, a little bit at his life this week, uh, we have similarities. He wrote this hymn when he was in the stage of life that I'm in. And he wrote it because God had been good to him and faithful to him all through his life. 
Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not. Thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. And then he starts listing gifts. Pardon for sin. What a gift that is. Blessed are those whose sins are covered, David wrote. Whose iniquities the Lord will not hold against them. What a gift that we have pardoned for our sins through Jesus. Peace that endures. It's true. God's peace is with us. Thine own, own dear presence to cheer and to guide, he writes. Uh, oh, friends, we have the presence of God. We have his very presence. How many times have I needed comfort from God and he's provided it? How many times have I needed guidance? Even in the stage of life I am right now, I've needed guidance from God. He's given it to me. He gives strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. There's no problem you're facing that God will not be with you. He will give you strength. There's no circumstance in life that God does not care what you're going through. He loves you and he'll give you hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine, he wrote with 10,000 beside. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. I'm going to be 64 in May. I've seen a lot of mornings by his grace. And every one of them have been marked by the mercies of God. It also speaks to me of new beginnings, by the way. You know, uh, there's, you, when you've messed up, when you failed, when, there's new beginnings. There's new mercies every day. You know, you'll have new supply from God. All I have needed, the hymn writer says, thy hand hath provided. We found that to be true, and I give God glory. I am overwhelmed by the goodness of God all my life. I mentioned my wife. I just want to mention briefly some of the ways God's been good to me. I was uh, the second child of two parents who loved me. They still love me. They're probably watching today. Good morning, Mom and Dad. Love you. They're, they're in Florida. They loved me, cared for me, um, brought me up to know the Lord. Um, and I, some of you may know this story, but before I was born, before she had children, actually, my brother and I, my mom uh, had come to know the Lord, and she prayed that, that one of her kids if she had children, would, would love music and would um, use that gift for the Lord. How can I tell God thanks for a mother who prayed for me before I was born? How, how can I say thanks to God for, for hearing a mom's prayer? Hmm. And what a great dad I have. How can I give God thanks for his loving, the only way I know how to express it is his loving call to me in my life. Why did I have a sensitivity to God as a child? Why did the things of God interest me? Why did the stories I heard at church, why did it reach my heart? Why did I sense his call into ministry? Why? The answer keeps coming back to God, his goodness. He put those things in me. And I just want you to know, if you have any desire for God, any tug in your heart, any place in your heart, that's God, don't ignore it. <laughs> Don't ignore it. That's God. It's, it's his kindness. It's his goodness to you. Say, I love you. I love you. Follow me. Believe in me. Honor me. I'll, I'll bless you. My goodness will follow you. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, David said. What a blessing. I have 
God's given me ministry. I've never filled out a resume. What a weird, what an oddball. Seriously, I, I go to Linda, and there's nothing wrong with resumes. I, I highly recommend them for those of you looking for jobs, but I've never had to fill out one. I never filled out a job application. God has opened some door. <laughs> I have two wonderful sons who love the Lord, two wonderful daughters-in-law. God's blessed me with four just precious grandkids, and now I even have a dog. <laughs> I didn't want a dog. The woman God gave me wanted a dog. I put it off for years. And now I love that dog. I just love Pepper. Hey, listen, every gift that comes from God is good. From the big ones to what we might consider a little one or whatever, it's all from God. God is good, and he gives good things to those who love him. And friends, the greatest gift, of course, that he's given to every person in this world is the gift of his only son, Jesus Christ. It's through faith in him that we can be saved from our sins and have the gift of eternal life, the greatest gift that we can know. Look at James 1.18, because this, this is the last verse. I'm, we're just looking at these two verses today. It says this, speaking of God, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. Of his own will, because he wanted to, because it was in God's heart to do, he brought us forth. That literally means he gave us birth, meaning spiritual birth. He brought us, you notice how the songs today, I didn't tell Dan what to pick, but all these songs are talking about how we were spiritually dead and God brought us alive. Did you notice that theme? I didn't even, the Holy Spirit just united our hearts in that. We are spiritually dead and God, because he wanted to out of his own will, he brought us forth. He gave us spiritual birth. How did he do it? By the word of truth. Specifically here, the word of truth about the gospel of Jesus Christ. He brought us forth as he, he gave us Jesus, his son. And as we believed and trusted in him, he's done something inside us and given us spiritual life. I love that. I love it. The gospel is the word of truth. Um, in an age that says that there isn't universal and absolute truth, James says there are words of truth. The Bible claims to be the word of God, truth given from him. And I believe that. And having God's word is a tremendous gift. You're probably very aware that this is not the opinion of many about the Bible even some who may claim to be Christ followers. And I'm not here to throw stones. At, in fact, you might even be someone who's attended church all your life and it's just been told to you, the Bible's the word of God, the Bible's the word of God, the Bible's the word. And you may not have any idea why you believe that. I want to say to you, it's important that we know why we believe something. That's important. And uh, if you're on a honest search for that, bless you. <laughs> Keep going. Because there are answers why the Bible is the word of God. I'm just going to give you one. I'm going to give you one. 
As someone who believes in and follows Jesus, my opinion of the Bible is based on what Jesus believed about the Bible. And it's true that when Jesus walked on the earth, the New Testament hadn't been written yet. But you know what? Uh, the, the Bible that they had, so to speak, in their day were the same 39 books of the Old Testament that we have in our Bible today. They were arranged in a little different order. But the Bible, the Word of God that, that Jesus had is the same as what we have in our Old Testament today. And so what was his position on it? What, what did he say about it? Well, when he was tempted by, the, by Satan, he answered him with Scripture. And he began by saying what? It is written. And when he said it is written, he was saying in effect, God has said. This is authoritative. How do I know that? Well, because all through his ministry, that's how he worked. In Mark chapter 7, he's, he's confronting the, the religious leaders of his day. And he's rebuking them because some of their own man-made traditions had caused them to violate the truths that were contained in the scriptures. And listen to what he said. You nullify the word of God by your tradition. So Jesus said he considered the scriptures the word of God. Jesus did. Well, you might say, well, wait a minute. The Bible has human authors. How in the world can that be the word of God? And the way that happened was through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Inspiration simply says that God so superintended the writing, the writers of Scripture, that he caused them to write without sacrificing their individual styles and so forth. He caused them to write without error in the original manuscripts the very words that he wanted to communicate to us. That's why uh, 2 Timothy 3.16 says all scripture is breathed out, inspired by God, and profitable for teaching, reproof, for correction, and training in righteousness. Peter says that the writers of scripture were born along by the Holy Spirit. That term born along was used of Paul's shipwreck experience. When he was on that ship, he says the ship was born along by the waves. In other words, they were on the, the ship, they were trying to throw stuff overboard, they were trying to put sails up, they were trying to control the ship, but it was the waves that was carrying them. And Paul said, or excuse me, Peter says, that's the way scripture came about. God carried them along. Yes, they wrote, but God caused them to write those words. Well, did Jesus believe that? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He, he, in another encounter with the Pharisees, he said when David wrote Psalm 110, he did so by the Spirit, in the Spirit, he said, when David said, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a, a footstool before you, he's saying David said those words in the spirit. He was inspired to write them. <laughs> I love it. And Jesus predicted the writing of the New Testament, even though it hadn't been written yet. He said that when the Holy Spirit came, that the Holy Spirit would guide them into all truth. He told them that the Spirit would bring back to remembrance all the things that he had said to them. He said all these things. He said he will teach you and bring to remembrance all that I have said. He will take what is mine and disclose it to you. He set the stage for the New Testament being inspired by God as well. So friends, Jesus affirmed the Bible. There's other reasons too, but I believe in the Bible because I believe Jesus believed the Bible. And I'm going to, that's whose word I'm going to listen to. You got to listen to somebody. <laughs> Everybody listens to somebody. 
I'm going to listen to what he said about it. The one who died for me. So friends, God has brought us forth. He's given us a spiritual birth through faith in his son. Do you know him? Have you believed that message? That's a word of truth. Jesus said, if anyone will believe in him, God so loved this world that he gave his one and only son. If anyone believes in him, trusts in him, believes in his sacrificial death, that he was not dying for his own sins, but for our sins, God will raise him from the dead. Uh, He will raise us to new life as well, just like he raised Jesus from the dead. Have you believed in him? I know many of you have. If you haven't, turn to him today. Turn to him. And the last part of our text that I conclude with today in this verse says, he's done this, he's brought us forth, he's given us spiritual birth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures or of his creation. I love this. Uh, you're not, I'm not a farmer nor the son of a farmer, so I don't, you know, I had to look up this whole concept of first fruits. But what it is in the agricultural uh, society of which the Jewish people lived Uh, they would always offer the very first of whatever harvest they received. In the spring, the barley, uh, I think, was the first one. And they would bring the very first of that, and they'd they'd offer it to God. And it was a a way of saying, God, thank you. Thank you for this uh, first fruit of what you're going to provide. And it was a way of also trusting and believing that God had more that he was going to supply for them. And James says... The fact that God has saved us and brought us forth from death to life is just the first fruit. He's got more. He's got more for us, friends. He's going to redeem all of his creation someday. The work he started in us is going to continue. Others are going to believe. God is going to, at some point, make a new heavens and a new earth. Sin itself will be vanquished. Uh, we're gonna, he's going to wipe every tear dry from our eye. He's going to redeem every suffering and every loss. We've all had them. I was just thinking today, I wanted to, I'm glad Paul and Kathy could be here, and I was just thinking of families with special needs kids. Because... Um, uh, Linda and I both uh, had a, a measure of that. My brother was born with a heart defect. He went to be with the Lord when he was 30. And uh, Linda's brother, uh, Jimmy, had Down syndrome, and God blessed us with 52 years. And he's with the Lord now. And Paul and Kathy are raising two very precious girls. And I often just think, what, what's God going to do? He's going to redeem those sufferings. He's going to redeem. Listen, you can count on it. You can take it to the bank. It's, he's going to, someday we're going to look at them as light and momentary, Paul says. It's going to be light and momentary when we get to, our, to the place where God redeems everything. He will redeem your sufferings. He will redeem your losses, your hurts, your pains, the ways others have acted sinfully toward you. He, he's just going to redeem things. He's going to fix it. <laughs> I told you it would be short, so I'm, going, I'm closing. <laughs> I just say this to you as I close. I am overwhelmed by the goodness of God in my life. And as Linda and I take this next step in our journey together, I know the Lord's unchanging goodness and faithfulness will remain with us. And I know his unchanging goodness and faithfulness will remain with Hope Church and with each of you. Let me just pray.
Lord, I want to thank you that every good act of giving and every perfect gift is from you. Every blessing we enjoy in life comes down from the Father of lights, comes down in succession one after another. And uh, you've blessed us in so many ways. Thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for saving us. Thank you that it was out of your goodness that you have done what you've done for us. Thank you for the re redemption you've, begun and you've done in our hearts and that they are first fruits of all the redeeming work that you're going to do. We hold on to that by faith, knowing you're going to do it. And uh, it's going to be beyond what we can even comprehend right now. So we just thank, thank you for your goodness. I thank you for the, the blessing of serving this church. And I just want to thank you for the work you've done here. To you be the glory, God. To you be the glory for everything you've provided, given. And uh, Father, I just know that your faithfulness will remain. Thank you for Pastor Sean and Allie, for each of his girls that uh, have come to help and, and lead this church and be a part of this family. Bless them for it, Lord. And thank you for our elders. Continue to raise up leaders. Uh, your goodness and your provision, I know, will remain here, and I'm so thankful for that. So, God, just thank you for your goodness. Thank you to your goodness to Linda and I. In your name I pray. Amen.